Well, if you don't know, if we haven't had a chance to meet again, my name is Dennis. I get to serve as lead pastor of this wonderful move of God's Spirit called the Bridge Church. And we're in a special interview today with a friend of the Bridge. His name is Ryan. In a moment, he's going to introduce himself more. But uh, Dr. Ryan Montague would like to share this with you. He's a professor of communication at Azusa Pacific University. Ryan focuses his research, writing, and speaking on emotional intelligence and personal relationships and spiritual intelligence in discipleship. Ryan and his family live in Southern California. Ryan is also a part of Redeemed Life Church, uh, just one of our fellow churches that we love to do fellowship, ministry, and life with. And I've had the opportunity to meet Ryan and know Ryan over some years now. Uh, as many of you at the bridge know, if if he wasn't legit, I wouldn't have invited him in here to speak into our lives in any kind of way. <laughs> um, but I'm just so glad to have you this morning and want to just open it up so you could just share a little bit more about yourself so our people get to know you for those who don't already. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me, letting me join. Not that you had any say in the matter. Uh, I'm here and it's happening. But I, I have been blessed to, to meet a number of you in, in many different ways and through different events with Reach Up, Reach Out and, and through our mutual churches. And it's just a blessing to be here and next to a man of God that's filled with more joy than anybody I well, think I've ever met before. Wow. And so it's just an honor and privilege to be here. I've been at uh, Azusa Pacific University down the road for this is starting my ninth year teaching there. And, and really being blessed with the space to be able to research divine appointments and, and be able to pour in and invest in, in kind of the learning and growing in how to walk out faith uh, boldly, confidently, <laughs> also sometimes scared and timid and, and crushing that because we know that God didn't give us a, a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and of sound mind. And how do we make that switch? Because I think a lot of us, sometimes when we step out, uh, there is a little bit of timidity there that we've got to crush because we just know right off the bat that's spiritual warfare and we can walk in, in wow. God's love and hope. And so I'm excited to share about it. Yeah. And one of the reasons uh, I wanted to have you, and I'm glad that you accepted the invitation, is because uh, sometimes our walk in Christ can be presented in a way that's off-putting even to people within the church. Yeah. Just walking and having a relationship with Christ uh, it, some, there are some very wonderful, special things and advantages we have with having God's spirit in us. Uh, but that doesn't mean it has to be sensationalized. It doesn't mean it has to be wacky and awkward. And one of the things I've loved about you and is like our church is we believe in every day just excelling in love, loving people in the name of the Lord and allowing God's spirit to just move through us in a, in a, in a way that's more, I almost want to say it this way, casual. Yeah. And so I've loved that, the practicalness of your faith, the joy, the genuine joy, but the, the, the relatableness of your faith. And, and our church is that way as well. And I see, see you've been walking in that for some years now since I've known you. Yeah. And just wanted to interview you and inspire our folks all the more in these times from a different voice that they've never heard before to just keep shining the light of Christ yeah. to, to in some ways not grow weary in the well-doing and so I, I believe that one thing that is happening is people will be refreshed uh, spiritually and just seeing and hearing a different voice so just thank you for how you have practically day to day walked out your faith uh, I was uh, talking with Ryan earlier and I said uh, I love that he's an actual practicing Christian, <laughs> and I love that. Uh, we see these moments throughout the scripture where the Lord says to us, pursue spiritual gifts. Yeah. Jesus makes these big old statements like, greater works are you guys going to do than what he, Jesus was doing, and it's like, what in the world? And in the time of such uh, pressure and, and, and darkness, just very real hurts, it could be so easy to forget what the Lord said. Oh, yeah. It could be so easy to, to misplace expectation. Mm -hmm. 
And so my prayer as we continue to just flow in this is that God would align us again to his heart and strengthen us. Those of you who have been diligent in just saying, God, it's all you, it's you or nothing else. Just keep that hope. And those of you who have maybe fallen off in some ways, just come back into it. Step back into, oh, God loves me. Receive his love afresh today and then share that. So as we continue on, I'm, I'm, those are part of my prayers here, Ryan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your family and then go back to uh, one of the moments you shared with me about growing up with a Catholic background. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, it was, you know, grew up in a, in a family that was, um, it was Catholic and I went to a Catholic grade school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went to mass every every Sunday, but that was you know about the extent of it. And so I don't think that you know my parents necessarily had great great role models in the faith. And so they were kind of doing what they had had seen and kind of knew to do, and and kind of walking that out. And I'm blessed that they gave us at least that foundation. And but it was a lot of it was just kind of the coming and going. Even though you know had a couple of religion classes and, and different things, it it never really struck me and kind of hit me. And so. Really up until uh, when I was about 23, I moved from Kansas City, Missouri out to Hollywood with a friend of mine that I had met at the University of Missouri where I was doing my bachelor's degree. And Mm -hmm. and so we were both uh, interested in entertainment. And so we naively just kind of loaded up our cars and drove out to Hollywood and we were those guys, you know. Right, (laughs) right, 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 right. It sounds like a TV episode, man. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The cars were were loaded full and we did it. And when we got there and got settled, that friend, uh, Ben Gatlin, he was like, hey, I'm going to go. I heard about this church. I'm going to go check out this church. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go. Hmm. And at that point in time, just to be totally honest, like I was, I was really pretty naive. And because in the Catholic church, everywhere you go, it's always the same. Hmm. So whether we were in Kansas City, Missouri or Chicago, Illinois or, you know, in Iowa or Nebraska, and we would go to Catholic church, it was always the same. And so nobody ever talked to me about denominations and so I just assumed all these churches that I see, this is just like what everybody does. Mm. And so that friend of mine took me to Bel Air uh, Church over on the 405 in Mulholland mm-hmm. Drive. And, and even as we were walking up, you know, I saw people carrying these little tiny suitcases. And I was like, why has everybody got these little suitcases? These are adorable. What are these? <laughs> uh, come to find out there was a Bible in there. And people actually uh, own and use Bibles. And that wow. was kind of... <laughs> <laughs> New and then the you know the pastor just really was was amazing and outstanding, and the worship and it really opened things up and so he got me to join a, a life group with him. Mm. So went and bought a Bible for the first time and and how old were you then? Uh, I would have been 20, 23, 24, and then it was about twenty four when I started reading the Bible mm-hmm. and uh, at that point in time, unlike this guy, if you if you don't know, this guy has been reading the Bible. Uh, since he was a fetus, actually. <laughs> His ultrasound picture is just him with a Gideon's pocket Bible. Um, I don't know if that's even factually true. Did they have no. ultrasounds then? Back then, the they were just person. feeling the stomach, and then a sketch artist there you go. Was, was doing it. Uh, no, but so it was, it was really this kind of eye-opening. I was totally lukewarm going into that whole thing, and uh, I think Craig Rochelle wrote a book called uh, The Christian Atheist. Wow. Believing in God, but acting as if he doesn't exist. And I think that that was pretty, pretty reflective of, of that time of really more or less, I kind of treated God as if he was a good luck charm and, and a listening ear. And so I kind of talked to him, but it was more of like, you know, yeah, just very, very kind of selfish uh, motives in terms of all the prayers were just about me. And, and that was another, I came across a quote a couple years ago that said, if all your prayers were answered, would it change the world or just yours? And I was like, ouch, why would you say that to me? Uh, who even puts that in something on social media? Right. It was just like stabs you in the heart. You're like, oh my goodness. Uh, so it was, it was really kind of reflective of this major shift and, and change in that uh, process. And that was then the beginning of, of this wild, wild journey that God's taken me on. And, and, and that is one of the things that we've talked about over the years that I just love hearing the stories and the different moments of how God has moved in your life. Now, I, most our church knows me, so they know I just love this stuff in general. I love 
as people step into greater responsibility because of Christ's empowering work, because God puts something on their heart and they mature and we mature and we become more Christ-like and more Christ-effective. So I love these stories. I think it's part of the reason God's like, you are going to shepherd, you're going to pastor a church. It's because you love these stories and cheering these stories on, champion these stories. With you, there was that switch. There was the place where you said, God is not my good luck charm. Mm -hmm. This is not um, just about me. I'm in a bigger picture. And I want you to share what switched and share more of that surrendering process because um, the stories you shared uh, about pre this moment up to this, I mean, they're dramatically different. So yeah. just talk about that some more. Yeah. Well, so the, you know, the biggest switch was even when I started kind of reading the first time I read the Bible, you know, 20, 24, 25, I really was reading it to get through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the quote that always stands out to me is from this pastor, Dan Moeller. And mm-hmm. he says, when you read the word, read it to become it. My God. And so the first time I read it, I was just reading it to get through it. And then it takes on a radically different transformation when you stop reading it to get through it and you start reading it to become it. And that was a big switch. It was about five years ago I committed to just reading, reading the Bible. And I, I was about to release the first book, Divine Opportunity, mm-hmm. Finding God in the Conversations of Everyday Life, which I had, you know, come a long way in the, what, about 10 years or so of when I had stepped foot in, in Bel Air to uh, about that moment of, of up until about that time, 10, 10 to 12 years of just, you know, being, being in, the, in the Word, reading different Christian books and, and kind of growing in that way. But my wife, her family are from the Assemblies of God background. Mm-hmm. So it's much more charismatic, Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. And her dad was a pastor. Her grandparents were missionaries to, to Afri- you know, throughout Africa for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all had seen crazy stuff. Her dad had these wild divine appointment stories. And her brother's a pastor. Her uncle's a pastor. You know, the, just the whole thing. So it's just, and I could tell from my, from my in-laws that they just, they had something different that, that I didn't have and kind of saw that in other people. Wow. And come to find out, you know, and, uh, and some people had mentioned the baptism of the Holy Spirit experience, and I didn't have really any background in that. And so I had been kind of praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not exactly knowing what I was praying or going after. But I committed to reading the Word every day and, and knowing that if, you know, the book were to, you know, take off for people to read it, you know, I need to have a full, deep well mm. that, that's ready when that, that day comes. And so I started reading that. Started praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It took about three years. And then at Redeemed Life Church, Pastor Anthony Powell had us read a book called The God I Never Knew by mm-hmm. Robert Morris. And it was all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so mm-hmm. I just got super excited. I read the first three chapters. And then I was like, okay. I was like, this is it. There's got to be like a how-to chapter. <laughs> so I literally, I skipped like six chapters. And I go to chapter, more than that, maybe nine. I went to chapter 12. And it was a Friday morning. Read chapter 12, and at the end, he was like, you know, it's as simple as just putting down this book and, and kneeling before God and just asking and receiving. And so I did. I kind of knelt down at the, the kitchen table there, and the, the family and the kids were, were still asleep. And so it took about 20 minutes just to kind of clear the clutter. And, uh, and then, boom, just like God just totally consumed me from head to toe with just this, like, powerful overtake, which I'm not like a... Uh, Normally, very expressive person, mm-hmm. pretty you know introverted mm-hmm. and, and uh, in those ways. So it's like it would have to be really undeniable for me to be like, okay, this is this totally. is something real, and I didn't want something fake or manufactured. No. Right. And so this was super powerful and crazy, and that's when I first kind of received the first kind of prophetic words from God, and and just this undeniable experience that then kind of sparked this whole thing. And so I've you know talk all the time about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because not very many people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like, or at mm-hmm. least I haven't come across it. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, like, man, I wish people would have, would have talked about this more and presented it and, and like go after it. And that's where, you know, in Luke 11, and Jesus is saying, knock and seek and, mm-hmm. and you shall find. Mm-hmm. And he talks about in the New Living Translation, it says, have a shameless persistence. Yeah, baby. And I really hung on to it. I'm just having like a shameless persistence yeah. of going after God and going after more. Of like, it's in your word, and I want it in my life. And I'm not going to just try once and be like, oh, it's not for today. Or it talks about a shameless persistence. It doesn't talk about try once, and if it doesn't work, then go back to your old way of life. 
Now let me just let me let's, let me let me chime in right there because some of that language might not be familiar to some. It should be uh, if, if you're connected here. Uh, but baptism of Holy Spirit dealing with I want to talk about it in terms of I think everybody would get it. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a life of surrender to God, where we're saying God, less of me, more of you. I actually want to look like Jesus as much as what I possibly can this side of heaven. It's that kind of heart cry because I didn't come from a denomination where that was something that was yeah. taught or although some scripture it wasn't taught or mentioned or that type of thing either. But just in pursuing Christ, the Lord touched my heart, filled me with his spirit. And I said, OK, well, this is just how it goes because I see this here in the book. Yeah. And regardless of people are talking about it or not, I know it's written here. I can read. So it's like this is legit. So if you're here right now and you're listening and you're saying, okay, baptism of the Holy Spirit, cool language. Okay, I kind of get this. It's cool. I also want you to think about the term surrender. Yeah. I want you to think about surrender and how Jesus says something that is also not really talked about a lot either. <laughs> Here's the other one <laughs> where he said, take up your cross yeah. and follow me. Yep core to what it means to be a Christ follower. Put it on the cross and follow me. Deny yourself for my interest and how I want to impact the world through you. A lot of those messages kind of get in some ways lost. I I, I know some real faithful ministries and all across the world that are keeping to that. and, And I thank God for that. So if you're listening this morning, There is a hunger and there is a desire. There is a craving that how God wants my life to look. I I want that. That's that. That's part of what it would mean to surrender. Um, I know for me and one day I'll I'll tell the story on this more fully. But when this happened for me, I was uh, in college where there was another place of surrender in my life. And God filled me that way where. The heart surrender to him and the expression that God was actually in me and had more influence in my life was was just much more clear. And um, so I I just wanted to just share that surrender, that heart posture of God. uh, What did John say? I must decrease and Christ must increase. That was how John uh, described that. And so even as we're In this time, you can be inviting Holy Spirit. You can be saying, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you in my heart and my life. More of you. More of your kingdom come. Your will be done. So I know we do that, but you can have those silent prayers. And if you have an intercessor's heart, you can be saying those breath prayers all throughout this that God would get greater glory through hearts that are yielded or surrendered surrender to him. Now, when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how did it look in your life in terms of the practical error day? Yeah. The error day. Yeah. Well, yeah, what you said is, I mean, exactly it. It was, I think, at a, when it came, it was at a place when I just was ready to fully surrender and, and stop. Uh, and I still kind of, I guess, struggle with, you know, reputation and what other people, you know, fear a man. And, and that's when, that's been one area of you know, in, in Romans 12, too, where it says, you know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by Christ uh, in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that for me was uh, was the pattern of the world was was going after, like, what, what should I be doing? What should I be achieving? What should I be pursuing? And, and being able to take a step back and be like, why am I even going after any of this stuff? What does this have to do with, with eternity? And And where in here does it even say that, I'm better off as a professor than the janitor uh, or any of these things that, um, so that was, you know, one big part. And then the fear of, of man and, and people's, you know, reactions or responses or what they're going to think or, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was a big area of surrender. And then just realizing the reality of Christ in me mm. and actually taking the time to stop and, and think about that of, and that was this whole kind of turning point was even in, you know, I'd, I love Isaiah 6, where Isaiah the prophet gets brought up to heaven. Mm. And the second he sees God in all his glory, the first words out of his mouth is, I am doomed. Mm. 
<laughs> it's like I'm doomed. I'm a man of filthy lips living amongst other people with filthy lips. Mm. And that to me uh, was this idea of, you know, you can't see the true measure of, of, of your sinfulness and see, until you see the true measure of God's holiness. Mm. And when you stop comparing yourself to other people and you start comparing yourself to Christ and to God, then it totally puts things in it. Because if I compare myself to other people, I can always find somebody that's going to be more of a train wreck. <laughs> and be like, well, at least it ain't that bad. Yeah, but when you compare yourself to, to God and to Jesus, you're like, okay, this is, what it, this is the one image and the one example that I'm, that I'm meant to follow. So then that was, then how do, I, how do I walk this out and what does that look like? And what you were saying earlier of Christ saying, you'll do greater works than me. I think we just kind of brush past that Eesh. as well, Jesus said all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, I got taxes to file and I got a, a job to do here, uh, which is the other part of the patterns of this world of walking it out practically is that is the busyness. And, and I found that, you know, when we're bu- when we're busy, we tend to see people as an obstacle rather than as an opportunity. Wow. And so when you can actually slow down and hit the pause button, and just look for those kind of everyday, everyday moments uh, of doing that. But I've really found, too, like, in, in order to, for me to start walking out, I had to really fully grasp the identity of, of Christ. Otherwise, I'm doing it out of a sense of obligation right, right. rather than out of a sense of love. Right. And that was the switch for me is that I think I, I, from that experience and in the years following, I went from trying to be a Christian to just being a Christian. Hallelujah. And I went from trying to prove my love for God to just being in love with God. Hallelujah. And then it became more of an exciting journey and adventure rather than I should do this or I need to do that. And instead of like behavior modification, it became a process of heart transformation. Hallelujah. And that was the freedom. Listen, there's so much I want you to pick up with that. But I was even sensing as we were hearing you were sharing that. Um, maybe you're not familiar with that word holiness. Let's use the word beauty for a moment. Mm. Let's use that beauty of God, the, the, distinct, the distinctiveness of God, the separateness of God, and how beautiful and how excellent and how praiseworthy God is, that even now, let's just pray into God, give us a fresh revelation of how beautiful you are. <laughs> Give us a fresh revelation of how beautiful you are and how your mercies don't fail. And how faithful you've been is how faithful you're going to be. So we don't have to take any thought over tomorrow or be worried or be anxious because God is present right now in all of his beauty, in all of his splendor. It's why the angels are crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Help us to see. (laughs) Give us that hunger to see and receive that fresh revelation of your beauty even now. That we would be transformed from the inside out. As the old songwriter would say, he touched me and he made me whole. Let us by revelation, God, be touched in our, our hearts for you. That new hope would spring forth. New vision, new dream would spring forth. Hallelujah. We want you, we want you more and more and more and more. We want you more. Fresh revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You want to continue on in there? Yeah. Well, I mean, even as you're praying, you know, that, I was just recently reading, you know, as the, as the disciples, you know, they, Jesus had already fed the, the 5,000, mm-hmm. 4,000, and, and then they were complaining about who forgot the bread. And Jesus <laughs> says, you, know, you were, like, you picked up the leftovers. You were there. You picked up the leftovers. Like, how can you forget so quickly? And that really struck me as, like, even in this time when we have all these worries and we have all these concerns, we got to go back and remember the time we, we were picking up leftovers because of, because of God's, God's fresh falling and, and God's blessings and God's favor and God's anointing. And because it's the pattern, man, the patterns of the world are the biggest, I think, you know, source of chains and bondage that I've had to break free from. Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, especially because I spent, you know, a couple decades so inundated by them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to just like, boom, be totally set free. And then walk in that, there's still all these different things. As I, even as I reach out to pray for people, there's still, you know, that little voice that says, oh, this might be inappropriate, or this might be stepping on their toes, or this might be too much, or whatever it is. But then, literally, as I'm doing that, people are telling me, this was the highlight of my day. And I'm like, what a liar! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the truth. And being able to... So I know you had some more questions about walking that out practically, but there is... Uh, I've got a... I got a I got a, uh, a thriving fast food ministry that I'm excited about. And Talk to us well. about it. Yeah, so I know you probably have people that are, uh, you know, coming back, and you're like, they just got back from Ecuador, and they saw some crazy stuff. And then you introduce, this is Ryan. He just got back from Jack in the Box with some amazing <laughs> stories. Yes! Yes! Uh, I like this! Oh. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I've, I kind of joke that I have a fast food ministry, and mainly it's just because that's where, you know, our opportunities, and that's where, you know, I go to lunch and I go through the drive through and I've really, over the last several months, have tried to start just saying, after they take my order, you know, I'll just throw in, um, uh, you know, hey, I was going to pray before I eat. Like, is there anything I can pray for you about? And then just kind of, and then just sit and just, you know, see how they respond and see what they come up with. And that has been amazing of just these, these practical things, too, of just being excited to share. And, I, you know, it's still, there's still that, that lingering, you know, lie in the back of your mind that you have to shut off and be like, no, you know what, I know there's a line and I know there's a rush, but enough people have said this is the highlight of my day. They're going to serve 100 more people, and they got plenty, they got all the time in the world to do that. This will take I know, 60 seconds max wow. for this moment. But I've had... You know, just in the, the short time of doing this, you know, I've had people, that, this young guy said, well, you know, not to get too, too heavy with you, but you know, one of my good friends died in a car accident yesterday. Another guy was like, actually, this is my first shift back since my grandmother died. Uh, I prayed for a girl at Chick-fil-A um, the other day, and, and she was just kind of feeling very caught and torn with the political stuff of people wanting her to you know, go this direction or that direction. You could tell that it was... It was heavy on her heart, and so I prayed for her. Mm. And then by the time I was done praying, she was just bawling. And, and I was like, dang, this is crazy. They got it, and, 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 and it was amazing, but it was also awkward because I'm in my Tahoe, and i got to keep driving. Right. Like in this thing, like her coworker comes over and like was patting her on the shoulder. I'm sure she was like, what did he just say to you? <laughs> like, who is this guy? Do we need to spit in his food? And, <laughs> you know, what just happened? Because it's so, and I think it takes people by surprise because it's, it's so not the norm to find people that are willing to say, and, and I'm hyperglycemic. Like when I'm ready to eat, I'm ready to eat. Mm -hmm. So an, it takes a whole other level of holiness to pray for people before you eat. <laughs> yeah, it does. After I get like my stomach <laughs> filled up, I'm like, let's go pray for some people. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> But even, even as you're sharing that, the Lord just highlighting to be effective where he's put us. Yeah. Uh, we talk and use the language a lot of live, work, learn, and play. Yeah. That all those areas are places that God has given us influence, uh, specifically his influence. And so if you're listening and you're thinking practically, you probably already heard it just by God's spirit alone. But mm -hmm. if you're looking for language to a sense you have, it, it could be that God is highlighting for you right now that the places that you traffic most frequently, slow down and ask someone if you can pray for them. Yeah. And to let it be a complete stranger. And that our world needs this all the more. Now, this is who the body of Christ is called to be. So yeah. it's not like we're saying like, oh, this is, no, this is just bread and butter. This is not exceptional. Now, when people experience like you, sh you shared, it's like, you, you cared enough, I'm a stranger, to ask me for, you know, if I had a prayer request. Now, that's exceptional for most people's days because that's not what most people experience day in and yeah. day out. But when we look at it, even as you shared earlier about looking at Christ and his standard, it's, it's, it's a Jesus-y thing to do. Yeah. To ask someone, hey, can I intercede on your behalf? Can I just take a moment and pray for you because God loves you? And I want to be in flow and in partnership with God. So some of you, it might be this week, there's some places that you're going, even with this COVID and the limitation, that you still go. I know for me, there's times I'm going to go to that grocery store and I just ask how I can pray for it. It's just normal. It's just, it's, it's easy. It's not 
you know, it's, it's not a big old to do, some big dramatic thing. And in all my life, um, with those type of incidents, no one has ever said no. Yeah. Never. And I don't, you know, I'm, maybe I just need to keep doing it some more and it's going to happen. And, and I don't care about the rejection because I'm not thinking about it like that. I'm thinking the Lord loves everybody. Yeah. And there's got to be people who walk in enough of that love to show it. Yeah. And, and so maybe this week you, you're thinking I'm going to. Yeah. I'm just, I, I go to this place all the time and I don't ever ask these people if I can pray for them. Maybe that's your next yeah. step this week. Well, like you said, you know, it's, it's the, you know, that's why I study emotional intelligence mm. is that, you know, I really, I mean, I really like have studied the, the drive through prayer art and you kind of looking, <laughs> you know, one, here's, here's a fast tip. Uh, start with the Christian places like Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out. <laughs> There's a solid chance they're going to be Christian anyway. That's an easy first step right there. Really good. You also kind of just look, and if you actually, and this is, again, getting out of the pattern in the world. It's so tempting to just be sitting in line in your car and just be on your phone. And then, oh, I got to pay. And then we do our thing, and, and it's like giving it to a machine, and then we keep going. Rather than being prayerful before you approach that person and be like, all right, I'm just going to look for that little window and that little opportunity. And it's super. It, it is the easiest way that i found to just say, hey, I was going to pray before I eat. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And, so, you know, sometimes it's really profound stuff. Sometimes it's just like, you know, world peace or wildfires I got the other day and, and praying for those. And, and then, sometimes, you know, occasionally people are like, no, no, I'm good. And sometimes I'll, you know, just kind of feel it out and see, you know, if, if just leave it at that. Or, or other times, this was like pre-quarantine, I was at Starbucks and this lady said, no, I'm good. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, life must be great then. And I tried to not say it like sarcastic and rude, but just like genuinely, hey, if you don't have any prayer requests, that's awesome. And she's like, well, I mean. And then, and then she's, she's like, well, my sister-in-law just, just had cancer surgery yesterday. And I was like, boom, there it is. So, some, you know, people are kind of testing you. Are, you. are you serious? Are you legit? Or are you just, you know, I'm just going to say no and you'll be gone here in a flash of a second. The second you hear no, you're, you're peacing out. Or are you willing to, like, actually hang in there for a second and, and push back? Awesome. People want to, you know, they're testing you. Are you real or are you not? Mm -hmm. Are you genuine or, or aren't you? Mm -hmm. and, and then I prayed for her, and, and afterwards she goes, she goes, oh, wow. She goes, that's crazy. She's like, I actually had cancer surgery, like, seven years ago. And after I had my surgery, somebody, a guy prayed for me exactly the way that you just prayed for her. She's like, that's crazy. Wow, I and, love that. And I've had similar stuff with, uh, I called into the hospital and had to make an appointment and ended up, you know, offering to pray for the receptionist. Mm -hmm. Similar thing. No, and I was like, well, can I just pray for you in, in general then? And afterwards, she's like, wow. She's like, everything that you prayed, I was like, yep, that's something. Yep, mm -hmm. that's something. Yep, that's something. Uh, and that's another place at the hospital is like, I've, I've randomly, I started getting these infections uh, back in at the end of April. And over the summer, oddly enough, I'd, I had three different infections that sent me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. and, and I was just there earlier today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just got Inter back <laughs> right now wearing the same clothes. <laughs> this, is, this is like a, like a month ago. Um, it was the last one. But my son, uh, when I came home the last time, he goes, man, Dad, the, the devil is really after you. He must be really angry with you. Mm -hmm. And coming after you with these infections, he's like, I think he's so angry with you because he knows that you're more powerful than him. Wow. Because, because you have God in you, and that's he doesn't right. at all. Right. Not even an inch. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. So actually, those are those moments where you have to sit and think, like, I think that's theologically accurate <laughs> and ridiculously <laughs> profound of, like, if we have Christ in us, we're more, like, when was the last time you thought about the fact that you're more powerful than the devil? Yeah. Like, that's insane. <laughs> to, like, sit and, th like, just think about that for a second. You have Christ in you. You're more powerful than the devil. Amen. Amen. And so on that moment, I want us to just kick that around a little bit. And just in your own prayer time right now, just Ask the Lord, do I believe that? Now, sure, we can give you the scriptures about resisting the devil and he will flee from you. You are the temple of God, God's spirit. Yeah, we could do all the scripture thing, and most of you know it. But 
Do I believe that? Do I believe that? So just take a moment, uh, say la if you will, and just ask Holy Spirit, how do I believe? Do I believe that? Yeah, there's a great Dallas Willard quote that touches on this. He says, you know, we talk about people living up to their faith or down to their faith. But he said, people live what they truly believe. Yeah. So if you want to see what somebody believes, just look to how they live. If you believe that you're more powerful than the devil, then you're going to walk that way. You're going to talk that way. You're going to pray that way. And there's going to be the fruit. And if you, and that's the true reflection where it, that's the heart transformation is like, do I believe this stuff? It's easy to say or read, but am I actually doing, doing it? Am I, am I doing it? There was a, a story of the guy that I think it, I heard the story being told about the guy that founded the Vineyard Church and he had this kind of radical transformation and he was attending this church and, and, uh, he started reading the Bible, and so after a couple months of this radical transformation, he came back to the pastor, and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, when, when do we get to start doing the stuff? <laughs> yeah. And the pastor was like, what, what, what do you mean, start doing the stuff? He's <laughs> like, you know, like in the book, when, when, when do we get to start doing that stuff? You know, talking about the right, book of Acts. Right, And the pastor was like, no, 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 well, I mean, we don't like do the stuff. I mean, we like read about the stuff, and we talk about the stuff, but we don't. And it was just that idea of like, when are we going to start doing the stuff? Listen, 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 this is, this could get me in trouble in the, in the best way. It could get me in trouble because I think sometimes I say, oh, some people want a program. But if you're doing the book, you're busy already. So whatever the church does is supposed to be supporting and keeping you missional because you're doing the works. Uh, The scripture said what? Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. A church that is doing that is busy already. Yeah. Is already fighting um, and doing what God wants done. So when we gather together like this to be reminded of who God is, it's so that we're filled up, we're refreshed, and we're saying, come on, I'm ready for the next week. I'm ready for the next week. We've got some devils to fight. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But there is this thinking where it's like, is the church doing anything? You are the church. Yeah. Do the book, and the church will be doing a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And so it's like, huh, we're to be the doers yeah. of the word, empowered to go out. If I know that I am uh, more powerful than the devil, then you got some devils to fight. Yeah. That God is raising up. That type of, there's two words, that type of, I'll just use one, his bride. I'll use that, and I'll leave it there. Hallelujah. Because the bride is so, say, wow, I have a Savior, a wonderful Redeemer who loves me. And I do what I do out of love, not out of some, like, military spirit per se, although the Scripture does use those kind of analogies to help us understand. We're soldiers and da 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 But I... I think this is the time where we're looking for people who are receiving the love of Christ, receiving the beauty of Christ, and love is empowering what we do and how we reach out, how we excel in love. Yeah, there's a great quote from this philosopher, Martin Buber, who really, I read this before I started doing my research and doing all the writing and stuff, but the, the quote from this philosopher said, there's no gifted or ungifted There's just those who give themselves versus those who withhold themselves. And a lot of times people say, well, why why is Jesus, you know, why is God withholding himself? And it's like, God's not withholding himself. There are these Christians that are withholding themselves. That if we would just give ourselves in all these different little moments, and I I love the the idea, there's a quote from uh, Daniel Kalenda, the evangelist, who Mm -hmm. said, you know, when you present the gospel to people, they should have an experience with God that requires an explanation. We've gotten in the habit of giving people explanations without an experience. And so people get explanation after explanation after explanation of God, but they never get an encounter with God. And that can happen through these little drive through moments or praying for somebody at a hospital or you know, going to your neighbors or praying for that coworker, but also stepping out for bolder prayers. I mean, that's my prayer all the time is for greater wisdom, discernment, boldness, love, and joy. It's just, that's what, if it's in here, like 
I want to I want to see the sick healed. Yeah. I want to see the pe- people prophesied over in the words of knowledge and, and give people an experience with God and an explanation of God. And that's really what my father-in-law, he, he once paraphrased, and it totally changed the whole Great Commission for me. Because, you know, when I thought about the Great Commission, I always viewed that as like these missionaries and these evangelists of like, uh, you know, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey the commands that I have given you. And I always viewed the great, and I'm like, that's why I tithe. <laughs> Send out those missionaries. Come on now. And he was like, he was like, no, he's like, he paraphrased and he said, really what the Great Commission is saying is go and give people an opportunity to experience God. Hallelujah. And then once they've experienced God, you give them the explanation and teach them how to walk that out. And, and then it, it, and it's so much easier that way than just give an explanation after explanation. And then we got a behavior modification and give them all of the psychology and communication hacks to make their life work and make their relationships improve, which I can give. I've got a plethora of those, but it's so much faster and more direct if they just get transformed by Christ. If they get the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that you have a church uh, all across this world that is walking this out. Thank you, Lord. We ask for uh, a greater just release of your spirit boldness across the church of the world, Bridge Church, to excel, to do more from the place of receiving your beauty, leaning close to your heart. Oh, Lord, and for those of us who are feeling all those ouchy moments, Lord, Lord, would you comfort us to move forward, to not count ourselves out because of what we haven't done, but to look forward to what you were going to do today, Mm -hmm. what you're doing in our hearts even now, so that as we go to grocery stores or whatever's planned, our hearts and our eyes are open to being who you want us to be, being those hands and feet, being those mouthpieces of God's care and of God's love. We're receiving that, Lord. We're receiving even more, especially for those who have been dealing and battling weariness and depression. We experience and we receive even more the hope of Christ that emboldens us to not just have a a, a faith that benefits us, but a faith that benefits everybody connected to us, stranger and friend and family member, whoever it is, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, the title of this book right here, Untapped Potential, that, that you've written, I mean, I just, it's just... What, what a, I think it's just a perfect title because it just reminds me that Christ is within us, uh, the hope of glory, mm-hmm. and that there is so much that Jesus desires to do in us. And I, I believe in our church. I believe in the body of Christ. And, and I love seeing us walk out and walk in what God says that he has for us. And so just real, just real quick, just give a mention to this. Talk to, how did you get to, to this book? You have the other book that's out that's, uh, what is it, Divine Opportunity. Opportunities. And I remember uh, reading that a while back, and it's just so incredibly practical. Yeah. Because especially, now some of us are real creative and we can think of something on the spot, but if you've been doing something for a while, sometimes you just get dull. Yeah. And you need to be around somebody or read something that, you know, sparks your, gets your imagination going so that you can kind of shake that off. Like, what am I doing? This, there's more to life than this. Yeah. And so I appreciate that about your writing in your heart. But just tell us, how did you get to untapped potential? Yeah. Well, part of it was uh, my father-in-law, uh, David Watson, Pastor David Watson, he had these crazy divine appointments. And I heard him preaching. This was several years back. And, and I, he would share these insane stories. And some, some of them are in, in the books. And, but I realized that sitting in the congregation, it was easy to say, well, I can see how you would have those kinds of experiences. Because he's this kind of gregarious pastor, very you know, extroverted and social. And he's got this deep pastor voice. And he just walks up to you, hi, I'm David Watson. And it's just like all of a sudden you're like, okay, tell me what's up, David. And it's just like, 
But when I'd come up to be, I'm more introverted. I'm like, hey, I'm Ryan Montague. Hey, nice to meet you, Brian. No, 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 Ryan. <laughs> it's, just, it's already off to a rocky start. And so, you know, being more, I think, introvert actually helped me a lot because I knew what the kind of shy, introverted person was thinking and feeling and could kind of address that in the writing. But also, Dan Muller, who I mentioned earlier, said a phrase that really struck me uh, in my heart again, too. He said, what is... What does you being introverted have to do with Christ in you? Come on. Are you going to have Christ in you, or are you going to be introverted? My God. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's a fantastic question. <laughs> um, and that's like almost every day through the drive through I have to make that choice. Are you going to be introverted, or are you going to have Christ in you? And then it's another step of, of boldness and courage in that. And so that's what the, the book is really about, of realizing how many of these opportunities, I, I guarantee we miss opportunities every single day. That's why sometimes I talk about missed opportunities and people are like, you know what, I don't think I've missed any opportunities. I'm like, who are you, Jesus Jr.? Like, <laughs> every one of us will miss opportunities today. And so it was really about how do we get, how do we get out of ourselves and beyond ourselves and step out into that. we got to stretch the comfort zone back out. Our phones and other things have shrunken our, our social comfort to, you know, the distance to the, the phone in our hand. And we've got to stretch those comfort zones back out and being willing to, to you know, take on the fear of failure and, and being able to step out and say, what's the worst case scenario? That if, if this, you know, if, even if they don't respond or whatever. But it, so the book is really just about that, how to practically think about taking chances, stepping out in faith, and I promise you, God will show up and mm -hmm. God will do cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe not 100% of the time. Mm. Actually, he probably will because you're planting seeds. Mm. You may not see a difference at all, and that's the final chapter of the first book, is some plant, some water, and God does the increase. Every time you mention Jesus' name from a, from a loving place, you, whether you see it or not, something's happening, even if you're just planting a seed. You may not get the cool story that's fun to share. You might just be like, yeah, and then I, I, I prayed for him, and... Nothing happened. Hmm. <laughs> and then we walked away. It's like, fantastic. Tell us more of those nothing stories. <laughs> uh, but you're planting a seed, and so don't be discouraged. You're planting a seed, and eventually God, God's gonna, you're going to see the increase. You just keep being faithful. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. In the times we're in right now, uh, there's so many uh, scriptures coming to me, and one that is highlighted is to overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. And we get to do that in the simplest of ways. Loving God, receiving his, receiving his heart, and just walking in the everyday of just a, a, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday life. Yeah. And if you're dealing with this thought of I've got to go to Mozambique or I need to go to Tajikistan or I need to do something like that. That's all awesome. But don't struggle with that. Right where God has us is where he wants to use us. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Just right there. And our church continues to do that. And uh, like Paul wrote to the body of Philippi, excel still more. Mm-hmm. This is the time to crank it up. Oh, yeah. To crank it up. And as we do what some people call small acts of kindness in the name of the Lord from revelation of who God is, that is overcoming evil with good. So don't discount what you're already doing. Don't do that. Don't think you got to go to some other geography. Mm -hmm. But let's lean in for the greater that God has. Let's lean in. Let's yeah. purpose that today marks us that we lean in for even more of the greater. Greater things are still to come. Greater things are still to come. Hallelujah. Do you have time for one last story? Please. Okay. So I think as you were saying it, this story came to mind. And this was two summers ago. And we were, my wife and I, we went with some other couples to vacation in Palm Springs. It was mm -hmm. kind of kids-free kids weekend. And so we just had, we were there for like three nights, and, and so um, I think it was like Saturday, we decided to go see a movie, which uh, for parents of, you know, we got three kids, mm -hmm. so to see like a non-animated movie <laughs> with live human actors is like a treat. 
other people are like, wow, you're really living it up on your party weekend. Uh, we were. Uh, but so we go to this movie, and we kind of get the tickets. We grab the snacks. We head in. And there's like six of us couples. And so we walk in. Three of the couples kind of sit a little bit further in. And then we're kind of trailing behind our, our, my friend and his wife. And so me and my wife are trailing behind him. And we go in, and there's one guy in the entire theater. That's it. Just one guy so far. And he had taken the primo seat, three-quarters of the way back, smack dab in the middle. <laughs> and so we're following my friend. And, and it's this guy. He's like probably maybe mid-30s, uh, black guy. You know, he's got tattoos. He's got the cut-off sleeves. He's super jacked. Mm-hmm. He's, got some can- he's like looking really trendy. Mm-hmm. He's just this awesome-looking dude. And so my friend, we're following him. He goes down, circles back around, and I see him walking in. And I'm like, no, come on, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And he sits down in the one seat in front of the one guy in the entire theater. And so as I see my friend do this, I joke to my wife. I'm like, of course. Of course he would. And he didn't even let his, like, five-foot-two wife sit there. Just him <laughs> and his big melon right in front of the guy. And so I joke to my wife, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go use the restroom. And, and, uh, and I'll come back. And so she goes in. I go use the restroom. And I guess she had kind of like commented about, about him sitting in front, of, in front mm-hmm. of the guy and so broke the ice and they started chatting. When I come back from the restroom, they're already like full-blown conversation like they've been friends for years. Mm-hmm. And so talking with this guy and, and he starts talking about his kids and all this stuff and just like super motivational about how he wanted to raise his kids. And I could barely kind of hear him with all the stuff. More people are coming in. But I could just tell, like, whatever this guy is selling, like, I'm buying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just as the credits or the kind of preview started kicking, I was like, man, have you ever thought about doing motivational speaking? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, a little bit. I was like, dude, like, you should seriously consider that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can barely hear you, but I'm buying, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's just very motivational. So I gave him my business card, and he gave me his card. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, uh, personal fitness trainer, Mm -hmm. which explained the biceps. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and then it kicks on. Uh And so the whole time I'm kind of watching this movie, and honestly it ruined the movie for me because I'm thinking, I felt like God just wanted me to uh, encourage him further about this motivational thing. But I didn't know exactly how I was going to be able to catch him after the movie Mm -hmm. because it's dark and there's a lot more people in there by now. And so I'm like, how in the world am I going to do this? So the whole time the movie's going, I'm thinking about this. And so... The second the movie ends, he stands up, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I was like, Eric, can I talk to you in the hallway for a second? Like I was like third grade teacher. I see you in the hallway. And he was like, yeah, sure. So we go out in the hallway. And I was like, man, for whatever reason, I just feel like God wanted me to just encourage you in this. And so I started chatting with him about his interests and what he was doing, talking with him. But it still wasn't really connecting all, as much as I was hoping it would. And so then everybody else had left. So we talked long enough to where literally everybody left except for the couples in our car, which was three couples, and, and so I'm talking to Eric, this guy. So we're walking down. I was like, well, can we just pray for you before you leave at least? And he's like, sure. So he's walking down. I'm like, well, how can we pray for you? And he brought up his mom and his sister who had had really hard lives. And so we walked down, and so we're just in the lobby of the movie theater, and it's us, um, you know, three couples, three white couples, and then, uh, and then Eric and It'll make sense why I'm announcing everybody's races. <laughs> Just because I like to get Pastor Dennis in trouble during the, during the worst time ever in U.S. history. Right. I know, it'll, make sec- it'll, it'll make sense. Hang in there. Stop in the chat. Wait. Wait for the ending. Uh, so, so he comes down. I'm like, hey, we're just going to pray, pray for Eric. And so we all, all six of us kind of huddle around him. We lay hands on him in this movie theater lobby. And, I mean, I go after it and mm-hmm. just praying for him, praying for his mom, praying for his sister, praying for him and direction, mm-hmm. leadership for his home mm-hmm. and kids and the whole nine yards, and just praying. And then and he's, his head's down in the middle, and we're all just praying over him. And then I say, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. And he, and he comes up, and he's got just these, like, alligator tears mm-hmm. just, like, streaming down his face. And I'm like, it's not what I expected at all from mm-hmm. this kind of like buff, burly guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? Like, what just happened here? Come to find out, when I went to the restroom and my wife made the joke about sitting right in front of him, he had said, well, actually, I really appreciate it and kind of liked it that you sat so close to me. Mm-hmm. He said out here in Palm Springs, and he described, a, a, you know, they were telling me all this afterwards. You know, he had described about eating at Panda Express, and it was him and his friend, another black guy. Uh, eating in Panda Express, and they were the only ones in there to wow. begin with. And as people came in, they kind of sat on the other side, and more people started sit- sitting on the other side. And by the time they left, wow. the restaurant just kind of felt lopsided. 
And so he was saying, I actually enjoyed it when you guys came and sat directly by me and right in front of me. And then he described how he had had these kind of racial wounds Mm -hmm. and different things going on in his life. Mm -hmm. And so he said, you know, the fact that you six white people, Mm -hmm. you know, not only sat by me, but then talked with me and cared for me. And then not only that you cared for me, but then you prayed for me. It was just like this breaking of, of emotion and this breaking of kind of these, these racial wounds and things that had happened in his life. And it just, I never would have ever thought that that would have been wow. like the outcome right. of this whole thing. Wow. And so it was just this reminder of, as you're saying, like, now's the time. Like, now's the time. Now is the time. Like, if there's ever been a time to just step out and see what God does. Hallelujah. And it will surprise you in, in terms of what the Holy Spirit does. It's just like letting the Holy Spirit out of out of the cage man i love that i love that brother take a moment and just pray into this pray for the folks right now who are listening and are saying yeah lord i know that's you it's time pray as god leads you either there's boldness or just just pray pray into the direction of god's spirit and anthony if you would just play well for those of you that are watching and have been a part of this this conversation today and wherever you're at in your walk, those that are already doing it and, and doing it more boldly, and then those that are, are desiring to step out, desiring these kinds of experiences, that, that God will, will meet you. God will be there. He's already in you, and he's already working, but he will step out in front of you. He will pave the way. He will create those open doors, and just pray that he softens people's hearts, yeah. and then he leads you. He gives you the thoughts and the words to say, and he gives you the boldness and courage to just hit even in the, those times of, of, should I step out? Should I not? Do I say this? Do I not? Just hitting the pause button for a second and just thinking, what would Jesus do? Is the quickest, fastest way to your answer of what you should do. Hmm. And so right now, I'm just going to pray for just boldness, for insight and for wisdom and discernment and emotional intelligence that if you're watching this if you just want to get on if you're if you're able to get down on your knees as pastor Dennis was talking about this surrender that says God I, I'm I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for more of you I'm hungry and thirsty for these kinds of experiences these kinds of conversations to make a city feel like a community yes Lord the more you step out in all these different places, Starbucks and fast food and, and, and 7-Elevens and grocery stores and dry cleaners and you name it, just as you're moving throughout your city, I guarantee you as you step out, you greet people that even behind a mask, you can smile and they can see it in your eyes that you're smiling. They can see it in your eyes, the friendliness and the light of Jesus Christ that the eyes are that lamp. And it's never been more important now with, with masks and everything else that we're, we're sheltered behind, plexiglass, is that these conversations, if you can do this now, you can do it at any time throughout your life. There's no harder time behind plexiglass and a mask to have these divine appointments. So if you can step out now, it will free you up with boldness to see God move, even in unlikely circumstances, unlikely conversations. And so that God would just come upon you right now with an an extra anointing of the Holy Spirit, an extra filling right now that he would just give you peace about all this. Mm. That it's not a competition. Mm. It's not about obligation. It's just about heart transformation and about loving others. Loving God and loving others trying to give people an experience and an encounter that somebody gave you. Hmm. At some point in your life, somebody gave you an experience with God. They gave you an encounter with God. They showed you the love of God. And now we just get to carry that on into other people's lives because we know how thankful and grateful we were to experience that that person had the boldness and courage to enter our life with Jesus. And now we extend that to other people. So I just pray that God would give you the thoughts and the words that you wouldn't feel stressed, but you would feel at peace. Even as you maybe recognize moments and you might miss a few to begin with, or you might miss a few scattered in between, 
that there's no condemnation. There's no shame or bondage of those missed opportunities. It's just learning experiences. Just learning experiences, knowing and praying that God will send someone else. God will still be active and present in that person's life. You can still pray for them even as you drive away. Even if you missed the prayer in the moment, drive away praying for that person. Knowing that God will show up. God will show off in their lives. And so just know from this moment forward, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, there's no guilt but that God is just equipping you, emboldening you, and he will lead you, he will provide for you, he will come upon you, he will fill you yeah. with the love and then just walk that out for other people. But just learn to discern the difference between your thoughts, the lies from the enemy and the truth from the word of God. Thank you, Lord. And it's a process, it's a process. Sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ from one degree of glory to the next. Yes, Lord. That this would be a week where you just move from one degree of glory yes, to the next. Yes, yes, yes. You feel the progress. You feel Jesus just welling up inside of you. Thank you, Lord. And you just enter this journey. It's a lifelong journey. You don't have to fully complete it this week. It's a lifelong journey, and there are so many opportunities waiting for you. And we're just going to be so blessed to see the fruit of these opportunities when we get to heaven. And we see what God did in each of those moments where we planted a seed, where we watered one, or where God did the increase. Yes. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.